what's good y'all welcome back to outside the clutch episode 18 uh this is gonna be a good one last week we had his mentor this week we got him i think we're gonna get a lot of great information um some of the stuff that i kind of want to test him if that makes sense like we're both kind of the the mentee of the same person so i want to see if i could draw anything out of him that i haven't pulled out of earl myself or uh just kind of get to know, I guess he's like my snake brother at this point. Cause Earl's like Papa Earl or grandpa Earl to the kids that, uh, are around him. So this should be a really good one. I'm super excited about it. Um, as you guys know, I'm a huge supporter of VivTech. They've decided to support us and we just want to share that with y'all. So uh, here you go. Here at Outside the Clutch, we're honored to be sponsored by VivTech. Are you ready for innovation? Tired of the same boring product that's been used for 30 years? Ready to give your reptiles and amphibians the UVB they really deserve? Then look no farther than VivTech. Their 3-watt LED bulb provide the UV rays your animals have been missing. With three bulbs to fit your pet's climate needs for optimal husbandry, plus a dimmable feature, and it's the only bulb with a two-year warranty in the industry. So what are you waiting for? Go to VivTechProducts.com today. Use code FCLUTCH0322 for 10% off to provide your animals the best care they've ever had. I still haven't fixed that. I got to fix that. It's 15% off now, y'all. 15%. <laughs> percent they they up the ante they want to make sure you're taking care of your husbandry i gotta do the right thing and get that fixed for them um on top of that we are both i think everyone that wants to make something out of themselves here or anyone that gives a crap about the hobby at all is a supporter of us arc when did you start supporting and what what made you decide to get your membership. This is something that I kind of want to push a little bit more in every episode, especially with the legislation coming up. As we know, they have the, um, the hearing and they're, they're going between house and the Senate right now and figuring out how they want to rewrite it. So obviously this is major talking point, reach out to your representatives, reach out to your, uh, congressmen and women. But, um, Kyle, what made you decide to be a U.S. ARC member and why? So, let's see, we, we became members about a year ago, um, and it was just all the crap that was going on. I mean, I, I'm a, I've always been an animal person, and it's just not right that they can think that they can just take our animals away from us for no, I mean, just no reason at all. And, you know, it's, it's uh, everything that they do for us is phenomenal, and I support everything that they do. So, I mean, it, I mean, it's just one of those things that, you know, if, if you're able to support them, you don't have to be a member, just supporting them in general. I mean, it just makes a world of difference, you know? I think that's one of the things that people forget too. like, we're obviously, <laughs> we're always like, Hey, become a member, do this, do that. They forget that there's, there's actually a, um, a little $5 membership like a monthly subscription type thing right? right or even on top of that just like sharing out the information sharing out yeah. the i mean or just not, so even, not even being a uh 
being a member at all. I mean, just I'm always looking serious stuff. No, nah, nah, I see that Jim Carrey reel. I that's see all. That Jim Carrey reel. I'll just say. <laughs> all right. So I'm the top person that I'm always goofing around. I, I I don't like to be serious at anything. And that's one of the things that I push with Earl all the time is stop being serious. As soon as you put a camera on him, he's just, just dead serious. <laughs> and it's every I'm single gonna time. Get, I'm going to get blown up for this shit later. But... <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, no, I, I have 100%, man. Like, there's, there's so much good information, too. Um, I, I linked it with the last podcast, with the U.S. Art Channel on YouTube. If you guys haven't gone to that yet, please go over there, support it. Um, they're putting out all the changes that are happening they're putting out different ways that this is, is affecting different um i don't even know how to say it like different types of individuals within the industry like the business owner the veterans or active duty military they just put that one out and that was one that kind of really hit home right um right. with being a veteran myself but um yeah man it's just it's a huge support we we try to do all we can i know you and Earl are deeply rooted in supporting us arc in any way that you can. And I just want to share my appreciation for that because, uh, as Earl just said, right. Also support us arc Florida. They're, they're feeling the brunt of it right now. That oh, yeah. is, uh, they are getting their butts stomped into the ground right now. It's yep. really rough. And they're going through a lot right now. Yeah. There's a possibility that if you live in Florida, you may not even have reptiles soon. So that's a, that's definitely a fight where, our attention needs to be focused right now because if For it sure. happens there, it's going to happen everywhere. Um, so you, you said you've always been an animal lover. What, what animals did you grow up with? And then now as, as an adult, like <laughs> a, big, a big kid, as a big kid and uh, having little kids of your own, what made you choose to go the route of snakes and ball pythons? So, growing up, I grew up in East Texas, and my family's always been the only good snake's a dead snake. I've never felt that way. I mean, I'm not going to lie. You know, I've had to deal with uh, uh, cotton mouse and stuff like that. I mean, they're everywhere down there. But it just it never felt right. And, I mean... My parents, we had chickens, we had ducks, we had cows, uh, goats. So, I mean, I, I've been around animals my whole life. You're and I've always wanted to that. get into snakes. And I moved out, moved into the city, met my wife, and then, hey, I want to get a ball python. Absolutely not. It's not going to happen. She's terrified of snakes. I got you. Just keep going. Don't worry about it. <laughs> no, I, was, I was reading. Uh, so it took about, what, 10 and a half years for me to finally just say, you know what? I'm getting one. Well, you can put it in the garage. I was like, no, I got a spot cleared out right here. And it's actually right behind me. Perfect spot for it. Got one. Then there was a, a reptile store that opened up not far from us. So we go in there. We're looking at all the different ones. And, you know, I didn't know anything about the different, you know, genetics and morphs of them and anything like that. Right. But just 
the normal ball pythons have always been a really pretty snake to me. It's just, I mean, there's such a difference between every normal, like they're, they're the browns and stuff like that. They're gorgeous animals. And we went in there and we were looking at a couple and she ended up getting a snake, but she wouldn't mess with it. I think I got bit, what, four times before we left the store? And just after that, I, I'd actually seen a Super Mojave, the first one that like really caught my eye. And I was like, man, that is just like crazy. How do you get a snake that's brown and black to turn solid white with blue eyes? So then it just kind of started getting everything going in my head. And then I, for a year and a half, all I did was YouTube videos, uh, World Ball Pythons. And it was just like, it just consumed me. If I wasn't at work, I was looking at different genetics. So I got to ask real quick. You said the YouTube videos. Who who were you watching at that time? So Earl was one of them. Uh, Billy from Mutation Creation was one of them. Uh, let's see. Who was the other one? <laughs> Dare I mention. Chris Hardwick was one of them at, at the very beginning. Oh, no. It was at the very beginning, and it didn't last long. But it was the craziest thing. Whenever I first started collecting and getting more than a couple, I showed my wife a picture online of Earl's facility. And I was like, how would you like to have this? She's like, absolutely not. That's way too many. And now I'm helping him at his facility. So it's, it's crazy how that works. Right. How now you've been there for, it's been a while now. It's been almost a year, right? Uh, let's see. I first went around a, a little over a year. What's what's one of the stories that you're not worried about sharing? Oh, there's so many. It's hard to pick one. Oh, uh, so, so to get your essentially, I'm setting up your chance for revenge from last week. About yeah, your, he uh, he told me not doing gas in the car. Oh yeah, yeah. That, he told me about that. That wasn't my fault though, but. I'll I take mean, it. I'll take it. I mean, no. So it wasn't. It was still showing a quarter of a tank. Yeah, but every so someone my fuel gauge was wrong. You can't just gauge everything. You can't always trust. The hey, gauge. I figured it out. I figured it out. <laughs> just don't let it get below a quarter. You're good. Because I still ain't fixed it. That float's still sitting a quarter. Because I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you this. As a mechanic and anybody that does any anything whether it be carpentry mechanic work anything like that you work on everybody else's stuff you do not want to work on your own stuff and that's just that's just the nature oh, you of the don't beast. you don't have to tell me bro i i remember those days they were horrible i worked at so uh, was at sears auto for almost three years and i went back and forth between a tech one and sales because right. they couldn't keep someone up front long enough. So it was like, you'd be back there and changing out batteries, doing oil changes, uh, essentially like doing everything except for like alignment. So you had to be a tech two 
or tech three to be able right. to do alignments. But um, yeah, where I work, I literally, I don't do any diag. Um, the shop I work at is actually it's family owned and it's been let's see, they're in the third generation now nice. that's owning it, and they do all diag. This part goes on this, so that's all I do is I put parts on all day long. Not saying that I can't diag, I just it's not what I do. So I do anything from oil changes to engine swaps to I mean we do just about anything. If it's got an engine on it, we work on it. I've done lawnmowers, I've done bulldozers, I mean any and everything. So I want to say this, and this is this is to uh, give give him some credit. We keep skipping over the story, but we're gonna get there. Um, oh, we'll get there. <laughs> so for those that are just like, oh, he's just a mechanic. ASI certifications, like a son of a, to say it nicely, right? So anyone that's yep. received any level of ASI certification is insane. Like you, the amount of preparation and knowledge that you have to retain to pass those tests is ridiculous right how many levels do you have or have you started that process yet so i actually was working at a dealership before working here so with dealerships the the asc certifications they i mean they can help you but not so much they want their own training so let's see, I was, let's see, I worked for Hyundai for two, two, two and a half years. And their highest was Platinum Tech. Well, I was, let's see, where was I? I was gold. Someone so I was take like, a yeah. picture of that face when he does it again. That was what that? the, the thought face? process. Yeah, that's, that's, that's an easy face to get. <laughs> so i mean i i've had let's see i've got a couple of certifications but the job that i do i don't i'm not required to have them All right. nice. but i've done it my whole life so yeah I, I recommend it man it's just it makes i don't know I, well i'm one of those people though i, like, I, like I want to get out of like it knowledge. i've been doing it for so long that i just i'm over working on cars for a living that makes sense I mean, I, I have I have a project car that's been in my garage for I can't see how long, and I just don't want to mess with it. You you need it out to build the snake facility. No, no. <laughs> she's been it's trying to get, leaving, me to get rid of this car for a long time. What I'm talking about. I don't be smiling over there. I, I actually got all. She's just smiling over there. Oh man. Yeah, ain't having. So, how long? How long has it been since you got into? uh snakes and then let's let's reel it back into earl okay so we've let's see we got our first snake what three and a half four years ago four years ago okay so four years you've had how many seasons breeding uh this is our second third third sorry she's telling me that i'm wrong every time i say something so. that's what they're good for all right, she's yeah. standing back there with a board. Three, three. three. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right, so bring, so bring a story, in. a story from Earl's. Mm. 
man, they're just it, it's hard to pick one because we all we do is goof off and we're always at each other all the time. Uh, probably some of the funniest things is whenever he's doing something that has no clue that I'm standing behind him filming it until I post a reel. And he's like, what the hell did you tag me in? And that's kind of a, are you serious right now? <laughs> but I've got a few videos that I haven't posted. I'll go through and I'll take a video clip of him doing something stupid. And I'll wait, give it about a week or so, and I'll send it to him. And I'll say, you've got 24 hours to post this. If you don't, I will. What's um? It never happens. But so my favorite one is the the toilet one, like when he was moving. Oh, and that you was... got him on the toilet, and I was just like, I was cracking up so hard. Oh man, like that was that one was a good one. I'm honestly surprised that that one didn't do better than it did. That one was hilarious, and I mean, he was just as serious as could be, just sitting out there. There's people walking by down the street, like <laughs> he don't care. What uh? Where did you get your training? Like, does your wife have a background in social media, or like, because you guys seem to be figuring it out, and it just seems uh, like you know. To be honest, I have no clue what I'm doing. Okay, it's we'll try something, we'll see if it works, and if it doesn't work, we'll try something else. But he. He has a lot bigger following than I have. <laughs> so it's like, I'll try stuff and it doesn't work for me. So I'm like, well, hey, why don't you try this and see if it works better for you? And it's, I mean, it's helped a lot. It's like the live streams. We were sitting there one day and I was like, hey, you should do live streams. I ain't never going to do live streams. I was like, just try it. Like, you never know. Like, you're always wanting to get information out. This is an easy way to do it. And it's not just you standing in front of a camera. It's you talking to other people. You know, so it makes it easier. Well, I'm over here washing a tub and I turn around and he's got his phone all set up on the rack. And I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm about to do a live. Okay. <laughs> oh, then he did his first live and he was like, I think that went pretty good. And then it just kind of snowballed from there. But he'll call me and it's like, hey, so I've got this person and this person and this person and this person. I'm like, wow, you're like going all out with this. I was just thinking just a random live while we were cleaning. But, I mean, it's working. You know, it, it's helping get information out. And, you know, he's a very knowledgeable man. He knows what he's doing. And it really does help out the community. I'm glad you so. pushed him, man. Like, I, I remember when I first started. The first time I showed up to Earl's was in... Uh what was it 19 i think it was 2019 i showed up with the camera and the kids i showed up about three hours late for the gathering for arlington <laughs> <laughs> and um we talked social media and doing videos and stuff and i i didn't end up shooting that night at all because i was just i'm not gonna lie i was overwhelmed by just the crowd there and trying to take in everything in earl's facility and it was just like it's crazy I, I've I've been to multiple places, man, and it's just like you see what you see. Like if you look behind me, it looks like okay, he's got his shit together, right? Right. But you don't see the other half of the. No, I'm just saying. Right. Right. <laughs> you I don't think, see the other I half think. of the room. <laughs> um, 
Earl shits together. He had to go. He had to go through and tidy everything up before the wild started. I mean, I get it. That's why I just put this up so it covers it. <laughs> no, I'm not that bad. I I used to be. I'm not that bad anymore. Like I I finally got my rhythm down. But um, it was just it was one of those things, you know. I had to take it in, and there's there's just so many different genes to play with there, like just so much to learn. And like when I was there, this is probably my second time with Justin in person. So I was like, I was letting him do his thing with Justin and I was talking to Brent and uh, right. we were joking around and being the little hooligans that we usually are. It's Brent. We know. <laughs> yeah, we know. And uh, then I, I watched Justin's attention get diverted. I was like, oh, hold on. If he's paying attention to something that close, I need to, <laughs> I need to listen. To right. <laughs> you know, and uh, it's just the. It was a lot of good information. So I didn't I didn't get to actually shoot anything that day, but we talked about it a lot. I was like, man, I watch your egg cuttings. You need to do more. You need to do. And I like obviously you there being able to pick into his ear has done a lot more. Yeah. And I'm glad for that. Um, what what's it been like kind of working for him? Because I'm going to say it right now. I think you're well, not working for him, but mentoring under him because you're you're one of the best hearted people that I know. Like I got, I got a little bit of a pat on the back from Chris when I helped JD and Marita move, but like he's clear across the country and you're cleaning his snakes for him, trying to make sure everything's taken up and you're not going to get that everywhere. So the fact that you were willing to do that and you weren't told to do that, like I applaud you for that, man. The, the love that you give to another person's collection just tells me how far you're going to make it here. But what what's what's it been like mentoring under him and what's one of the biggest takeaways that you've had so far um i mean it's good uh and whenever i first started coming around so let's go back whenever i first met earl so it started out he was on billy's podcast and he was talking about getting trouble snakes to eat as hatchlings mm-hmm. And he said vanilla extract. And I was like, bullshit. Because snakes don't like alcohol. If a snake latches on you, you pour alcohol in their mouth and they'll let go. I was like, bullshit. There's no way that that works. And he was like, dude, don't knock it till you try it. Well, I had a snake that I had been assist feeding for almost six months. Put a drop of vanilla extract on its back. Dropped it in there. I mean, as soon as it hit the ground, that snake latched onto it been eating just fine ever since so i messaged him the next day and i was like dude you don't understand how big of a lifesaver that was i mean it was so annoying every week having to assist me this animal so he sends me a message says call me give me his number so i call him we're standing there talking and like i said i had seen his facility i've seen him at shows and he always had a big crowd of people around him, so I was never able to walk up to him and you know introduce myself to him. So we're standing there, we're talking, and I was like, Yeah, man, you know, if you weren't so far, I'd come see you. And he was like, Well, where are you at? I was like, I'm in Arlington. He was like, dude, you're like 30 minutes from me. I was like, What? Somehow or another, I got Amarillo out of Alvarado. And I was like, Okay, hold on. You're literally right down the street from me. So we actually took our kids over there for my daughter's birthday. 
and they got put to work unloading a truck of cocoa blocks. She was very disappointed, but we had a good time. We got to look at animals and everything like that. Well, then I went over there a couple times, just kind of hanging out and you know looking at everything. And he had always said, because I brought up working with him, and he was like, "I would never have somebody in my room that." works with animals or works with ball pythons because it's a conflict of interest and i understood that and it just kind of i don't know what happened just one day he was like hey you know we're going out of town huh oh we helped him clean for the show that's what it was but he was getting ready to go out of town and he was like hey man the the person that normally takes care of Roscoe can't watch him. Do you think you can come over and watch him? Absolutely. Not a problem. So I go over there and I'd feed him and I'd water him and everything like that. Well, then they went to Tinley. So when they go to Tinley, he asked me if I would do it again, but he also had his ASF. So he was like, you know, just go in, change your water bowls, everything like that. I was like, all right, yeah, that's fine. So, so while he was gone or before they left, we go over there, me and Earl hanging out in the snake room. I tell my wife, I was like, Hey, I need you to go tell Ren that while they're gone, I'm going to shoot a YouTube video in his snake room. So when his cameras go off, keep him from looking at it. So I went through and made a YouTube video of me sneaking in to Earl's facility. And I had the shirt on, the cowboy hat, and everything like that. And it, it, was, it was hilarious making it. And I was going to go through and do a video clip of me climbing his fence. But one of his, or two of his neighbors, actually, were having garage sales. And I was like, that would not be good for me trying to climb his fence <laughs> with all these people standing outside. So I was like, well, I'll just. <laughs> so I go in and I grab my cup out of the refrigerator and take a drink of it. And the chocolate, that was that was all me. That wasn't scripted. I completely forgot there was chocolate there until I seen it. And I was like, ooh, chocolate. <laughs> but but it, it ended up being a, a, a funny video. And I told him about it after they got back. And I was like, hey, just to let you know, I shot a video while y'all were gone. I didn't post it. I'm going to let you watch it first. And, man, him and Ren were just dying laughing. And she was like, well, He's like, you knew about this? She was like, yeah, every time your phone went off staying at the camera, she would distract him and get him to go do something else so he didn't see it. I was like, yeah. You know, my Marin's on my side. Oh yeah. That's how I always get out of getting in trouble. You eat my chocolate? <laughs> my Marin said I could. <laughs> Happens all the time, man. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, we're always joking around, man. It, it's always something. So it, there's never a serious moment. Was there, was there like a big shift to go from your collection to his collection and being able to meet the time that he was wanting things cleaned, or how was that? How was that? Because that's something you got to think about with you wanting to grow too, right? It's something right. that I've thought about regularly. Is like I remember watching Barcheck videos, and he was like, "All the people that work for me, they have to be able to clean a bin in seven minutes." So, yeah. like, when I first started, I was like, okay, that's going to be the standard. I have to clean every bin regardless of animal in seven minutes. Right. And I, I've held myself to that. And now that I'm within my routine, I'm like, okay, I got to drop it to, like, five. If it takes right. me longer than five minutes for an enclosure, I'm messing up. But um, what what was kind of – what was the thought process switching from 
your starter collection to a well-established collection and helping out there? So when I first started going over there, I was doing water bowls. So he would do water bowl, like he would hand me the water bowl. I would clean it while he was doing the tub. Well, then it got to where I was kind of watching him as he was doing it. Well, they went to Chattanooga, Tennessee for a show. And while they were there, I was taking care of Roscoe and the ASFs. And he called me while I was over there. And he was like, hey, what are you doing? I was like, oh, I'm cleaning tubs. And he was like, oh, did you already go feed Roscoe? I was like, yeah, I just did. And he was like, well, what time did you go over there? I was like, oh, I like, I literally just fed him. And he was like, well, whose tubs are you cleaning? I was like, I'm cleaning yours. Well, you ain't got to do that. And I was like, well, you know, y'all having a good time. Like, there's no sense in you coming home in a dirty facility. So I was going through and I was spot cleaning. I did, you know, they were gone for, what, three days. So I just split up the adult racks. I didn't mess with the babies. I know how he is with his baby racks and everything like that. So I just stuck to the adults, just spot cleaned them to where all of them were done, where all he had to do with babies and holdbacks whenever he got back. And I think that whenever I did that, it kind of showed him that I, I wasn't in it. for I, There was nothing that I could gain by helping him other than the knowledge. And that was all that I cared about. And it was like, well, I don't really know how to go about teaching. And it was like, dude, all you got to do is talk to me. You know, we'll start talking and it's, okay, well, what about this? Well, what about that or this? Or, well, if you had this, what would you do? And that was just kind of where it kind of started. Okay. And, you know, I, I don't know. I, I've always been the type of person to bend over backwards for people. Um, you know, I've been screwed over many times and it's still, that's just how I was raised, you know? Right. I like that. Um, how, how have you taken what you've learned there and what you're doing there and brought it over to your collection? <laughs> So I actually went as far as everything that happens at his place, I do the same thing. I use the same bedding. I clean the same. I do the water bowls the same, everything. So it makes it easier on me to where when I'm here cleaning versus there cleaning, it's the same thing. So it's not a, okay, well, I'm here. I got to do it this way. But whenever I'm there, I got to do it a different way. It just... It made it easier. So all of my collection is done the exact same way as his. Okay. And what and made was you... Like, Dude, that blew me away. I can't believe you <laughs> did that. And I was like, I mean, it just made it easier for me. It made more sense for me to do it that way. Right. And then why... Besides just being easier, do you think it... Do you think it was just like a time thing? Or was it like to help help you memorize what you were doing over there. I feel like there was some sort of underlying so, thought process there. So going over there, he uses Aspen. Right. So Aspen is white. Well, I was using, I mean, I used Rifty Chip, I used Cocoa Blocks, and it was great. But I hated every time that I would spot clean and I would spray the tub down, it smelled like piss. And it was like, you wouldn't know until you sprayed it down and it was like then you're you know you think it smells like piss so with aspen you can see it it'll change colors right. so it made it okay well i know that this section of the tub is where it was 
I know that I can clean that, put new bedding in there, mix it in, and you wouldn't even know that it was there. Or uh, just a full clean, and it's done. But it's a lot easier to see the mess with using Aspen. Okay. That makes sense. So, it, it, like I said, it just made it, it, it was kind of one of those things that, you know, after being over there and helping him clean, it was like, man, it's always clean. You can tell whenever tubs get dirty. You can tell when, or whenever you smell them, like, you know, it's, it's different whenever you're using something that's brown and you can't see the color change. But I mean, as soon as you'd spray it with water, it was like, oh, like I literally just cleaned this tub and then I got to dump it all out and start over. And it was just, it was annoying me every time that I did that. Yeah, that's one of the things I never understood. Like I've, I've obviously been really big on Reptichip for a long time. I know Earl's gonna, I'm gonna get an earful about that later too. <laughs> is what it is. Um, so I, I had to go back. To, yeah, I had to go back to paper towels when I got the ARS rack, and it hurt me. But um, I'm still there because I've been manipulating the rack itself and figuring out what I got to do to get back onto coconut because I just I don't like them on paper. One, you're cleaning like ten times more because they're pissing like every other day. But um, yep. it was just it's one of those things. It was like I. So when I initially ordered this, right, it was, uh, it was the 50, 40 instead of the 55, 40. And I had 50% humidity right. set up for the grading. Well, when we switched it to the 55, 40, they didn't switch the humidity back up to the 50. They left it at the 25. So it got here. It was like, ah, oh, crap. Let me look at the list. And I realized that we had it marked at right. 25. So I messed up. I didn't tell them, Hey, make sure you switch it to 50. That's on me. Um, and then I was like, well, I live in the desert anyway, so it shouldn't matter. Like, this will probably be beneficial. It, it wasn't very <laughs> No. <laughs> I had, like, water rolling down the sides. and Oh, wow. Um, like, th just with a water bowl. Like, I wasn't spraying the bedding. I wasn't doing anything. Just a full water dish in there was having water rolling down the sides. And I ended up getting wow. some RI issues because of it. And, like... Uh, like I went through it the first couple of months that I had that rack. So I put everything back on paper, got all the sickness out of the collection, um, got everything back to normal. Right. Thank God. But, um, right. now I'm playing with it. I'm like, okay, I want to get back on, but I have to figure out how to bring down the humidity. So I, right. I flipped Absolutely. them all. So now the ventilation holes are above the heat and it's still showing about, it's like a, 87 degree hot spot right now and about 78 79 up front so it's a little bit right a little bit lower than i'd want but it's okay it's like it's that, that's where the it's hardest part is okay. getting everything yeah. situated to where it's working right once so, you get it figured out then it's, it's good once you uh once you switched everything over how quick was it to kind of hit that um homeostasis between both facilities big words today hey. sorry it it took a little bit. Yeah. It took a little bit. What was the biggest challenge for you? Um, well, his room is really high humidity and mine's not. His, his <laughs> so it, it made it a, a, a big difference with using aspen trying to hold the humidity. But I mean, I it's it's working good. It's just taking a little bit to 
figure it out. So, I mean, there is some things that I have to shift that's a little bit different than what he does. But, I mean, not everybody has a giant rubber room. So, I mean, you, you got to do it the way you got to do it. And you yeah. said you, you've been breeding now for two years. How many clutches have you? Or three. I'm sorry. Three. So three. three years of actual breeding, not starting year three now. Uh, we're, let's see, we are, how many clutches are we in so far? Seven. Okay. Seven, Seven so for far. season three. This year, yeah. Okay. What's your, what's been your biggest clutch count and what's been like the, the hardest learning curve? Cause I remember watching one of your reels and I freaking applauded you for it. Like I, I was so happy when I saw this, when you caught the baby with the umbilical. And oh, you were able yeah, to figure that was, it out. And I was right in the middle of egg cutting and I was like, oh, perfect. Hold on. Stop. Let's do this. Uh, the hardest thing this year was I ended up switching egg boxes. Okay. And because I got dragon hatch trays and I was like, okay, it's cool. Let's switch the boxes, everything like that. Well, our very first clutch started to dry out prematurely. And I think I figured out what it was. I ended up switching back to the other egg boxes and just completely eliminated dragon hatch trays because it was like I, I'd lost my very first clutch. It was it was just two eggs, but it still it hurt. That was the first snakes I'd ever lost. Oh. And I mean it was it was one of those things that they were stepping stones to a project that I was working on. And it was like the only two, and they were both, from what I saw, were good animals. Hmm. And it was like, all right, as soon as that happened, I went through and carefully switched every egg box that I had in there, moved my eggs into new boxes, and put them back. I was like, I'm not going through that again. But that was the worst. Like, setting up egg boxes, I mean, you got to be really careful with doing it. I mean, I was watching them dry out and I was adding extra water to them and they were just constantly drying out and it could have just been something with the eggs. I don't know, but I had that clutch and another clutch in there time. Uh, the first one was two eggs. The second one was eight eggs and the, the eight egg clutch. I had one that was starting to dimple. What? Three, three and a half, four weeks in. And I was like, all right, nope. So I went ahead and moved them. Well, after I moved them, it, you know, everything was good. And I mean, they all hatched out fine. But if it's not broke, don't fix it. Don't fix it. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's the biggest thing I can say. If, if it's working fine, don't mess with it. Okay. Uh, this year so far, our biggest clutch was 10. Uh, and those are actually our next uh, clutch to hatch. So. Those are, that's an exciting one. So how, what's the biggest number of clutches you've had so far? Uh, currently we're on our biggest. Okay. So right at, you're at 10 for the year or? Um, uh, I think we're on seven right now. I've got, uh, three more females. I have one that should be ovulate anytime. And I have two more that are, Right at that, like, 22, 24 millimeters. Okay. 
so potentially so, the best 10. beer ever. That's awesome, dude. That's awesome. That's the way you want to do it. That's a uh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. That's there's a quick jump up too. Like, uh, I mean, I I say it is. I I'm one of those. I'm I've been a really slow grower, and right. I'm okay with it. Like uh, me and Earl have talked about it a lot, and I just with all the things I had going on in my life, I couldn't devote as much time as I needed to the animals. So right. I took the ability that I have now to be able to jump up, which I'm super excited for, but, um, right. We're going to, we're going to see it play out and we're going to go for a stupid number of clutches and we'll see what happens. Hopefully right. it works. And the hardest part is getting rid of them. Right. Nah, <laughs> I, just, what see, I, I don't even have an issue. Uh, well, God willing, I, I haven't had a lot to get rid of though. Right. My, my first year, uh, pretty much everything I made was, Het, so anything that was female automatically stayed. And right, absolutely. I, I kept back one or two males, and then everything else just took off. Like it, it wasn't rough. But um, this year I purposely kept some because I wanna force myself to vend one of the local shows and actually right. see. Okay, can I can I do the sales over the table, or am I just more comfortable doing it online? Um. And just kind of seeing what would be more beneficial for me. But right. uh, where do you think you're going to head with that? Like, are you going to are you going to take Earl's approach and just do strictly online? Or what do you want to do? Uh, in the past, we had talked about vending. And I just, I, I like to walk around and hang out with everybody at the shows. So, like, being confined to a booth is not something that I'm really wanting to do. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I don't know if I really have the desire to sell animals at shows. I just, I don't know. I haven't really thought that far into it yet. Um, I mean, we'll just have to see how it plays out. Um, we do pretty good with local sales and online sales. So. Mm. So you said, hopefully, and this, we're going back a little ways, but you said, hopefully, you're not going to be a mechanic much longer. What What's kind of your game plan here? Uh, honestly, I don't really have a game plan. Uh, my back has been messed up for many, many years because of mechanic work. And um, I go see a chiropractor every week just so I can work. And she's already told me that I'm not going to be able to do it for myself. So before too long, I'm going to have to start looking at a different route because of the amount of abuse that I've put on my body in the past. And so I don't know. We'll, we'll just have to see what happens. So, so are you, you're looking to make this full time? Eventually. Yes. A couple of years. Okay. Eventually. We'll what see if you, Earl has anything to say about that. What are you, uh, what are you envisioning in in order to do that? Because everyone has their different spot, right? Like, right. We, I, I'm. If we do what I'm thinking this year, we could be full time with that, just based off of like what me and my wife bring in from our time in the military and our disability. We right. live well enough with that, and then this would just be added and push forward right um where do you think you're gonna have to be are you looking at like 30 40 50 clutches or 
what what's kind of uh, your thought process and this this is for me to put that bug in your head as well as ashley's so that you guys right. actually think it through this is this is something that i didn't do very well when i got out of the military right like we're always we're telling our soldiers hey have a plan and make right. sure that plan's in motion before you take steps to leave right absolutely I absolutely didn't do that. I was like, oh, I'll be no, okay. you just I'm jump in have... with both feet well, no, and get it I was over. like, well, no, I got, uh, I know I got disability coming, so we'll be okay. Right. I didn't realize it was going to be such a fight. And then uh, it actually took almost four months for me to get paid because right. they were messing with my paperwork. But um, so, like, for the first four months out of the military, I didn't have anything. Like, I thought I was going to lose my house I just bought at that point. Right. It's crazy. But, um, yeah, man, like it's more to put a bug into you and something to kind of kind of provoke you guys into thinking right now. But if you had yeah. to, what would you say is where you need to be in order to make reptiles? Uh, time? So right now, um, a lot of the stuff that we started out producing was not anything crazy. Um, I'm trying to learn what the different genetics do in different combos so i'm not trying to go after the you know twenty thousand thirty thousand dollar snakes right now i i want to know what i'm making as i'm producing it and i'm not in a rush to do this um you know i want to try to gain as much knowledge in it before i try to move forward with something like that so as of right now um i don't really know what that kind of sweet spot would be as far as clutches um it really just kind of depends on what we're making okay. so oh, that makes sense man that makes sense so it's kind of a we're gonna have to learn as we go and kind of figure it out as, as we're going so. so you've been to multiple shows now you've had you've had a lot of interaction with a lot of people in the industry what has been your greatest moment so far since you've come into reptiles so i've never really been a very uh i don't know what the word i'm looking for uh i'm not a person that likes big crowds i never have been you have social anxiety very very bad you and me are the and same bro. we were talking about it's something about walking into a reptile show that it's it it's not like there's a crowd there i mean there's a lot of people that are there, but everybody that's there has this same passion for the animals. And it's like you can go up and talk to them. And, you know, the, the reptile community is an amazing community, you know, and coming from automotive and it's dog eat dog. If, if you've ever worked in a dealership, you would know it's everybody's after that money and that's it. Nobody cares about you or your family or anything like that. And just seeing how the reptile community comes together when there's an issue is just it blows me away and i, I i'm glad that i'm a part of it um you know i it's just how i am and seeing other people that are the same way it makes me feel a lot more comfortable being around these people okay. so that would be my biggest thing would you know just everybody that i've met at shows has been very friendly they want to hang out it's like you walk up and see somebody that's like hey i've seen you on instagram and it was like we knew each other and i've never seen them before you know 
it was it was really cool like seeing all these people from all over the place that just come together and hey you want to go grab some food hey let's go out let's go do this let's go do that and sure so if you if you had to pinpoint so far in your in your time in the industry like when you're old and gray and you're grandpa Kyle what what uh what story are you telling your grandkids at that time about when you were young in the reptile industry? <laughs> Probably whenever my wife was passing out the jelly penises at the last show, making everybody eat. Oh yeah, you were one of them. That's right. Yeah, I got sucked. That was that a one. that was a good one though. Got suckered into that one, dude. That was oh man, I was laughing so hard that weekend. It was unreal. It was so good. Earl and Mama Ren, that, that's the problem. I love them so much that I can't tell, especially Mama <laughs> Ren. Like, I, I can tell Earl no to a couple of things, but if Mama right. Ren asked, it's an automatic yes. Right. So, so Earl didn't even that whole thing. like, John, come here. <laughs> so that whole thing was my wife and Ren that came together and thought of that, and then my wife was like, no, I'm totally doing this. And... Uh, I'm we showed up with all of it. Smart yeah. with it. I was like, I, I'm not going down by myself. <laughs> Come here, wife. <laughs> ain't getting me by myself on this one. Right. Hey, I got everybody that, that done it is all on video. It hasn't been released. I'm not going to release it. We got some stuff in the works, but it's I, I'm not releasing it out like that. It's good stuff, though. So you're, you're lucky. <laughs> With the, <laughs> with the wealth of, with the wealth of knowledge that you've gained so far, man, what what would be your biggest advice for other new breeders or just new enthusiasts coming in right now? Uh, I would say don't really worry about what everybody else is doing. Just kind of do your own thing. It's, uh, you know, not everybody's going to like what you like. But it's like, do what you want to do because that's what you're in it for. Like, you know, you're going to be your first customer regardless. So it's like, you always try to make what you want and don't worry about what everybody else is doing. Do you think that the new people are taking too much of a focus on a money standpoint right now? Probably. But, you know, I, I do it just for the passion and the love of animals. You know, just just seeing the different things that we can do with animals. Uh, I mean, I care less about making the money. You know, as mm. long as I'm, my animals are taken care of, that's all that I care about. With having to work with so many species under your mentor, do you think that's something that you guys are going to open up to as well? Like venomous? I'm not. I'm not saying venomous, oh. but like looking at like different. Um, because I mean, you're I working have... with mammals, you're working with like a multi species now, right? Do you at Tatum's you're gonna do that, or are you gonna leave uh, that just strictly working with Earl? I'm not. I'm not sure yet. I mean, I know there's stuff that my wife would love to have, 
but I don't think it'll go. It it probably won't go as far as like how Earl's doing it, right. but I I I don't blame you on that, man. I don't he, he think take, a lot he takes of people on a lot of do stuff. it that way. Yeah, he uh, he takes on a lot of stuff. That, and man, can, that that can porcupine be... man, he's something else. He don't like me. He never has. I don't know what it is about me. It's Every time oil. I try to do something, he tries to bite me. It's Always. The smell of oil on you. Must be. That smell of oil don't go away. No. I bleed oil. <laughs> what are you laughing at over there? What? So the stuff that you're working, what has you most excited this year? What are you most looking forward to? Kids are going crazy. Right. Uh, this year, um, I'm really hoping this next clutch that I hatch out, I hit what Turbo loves me. No, he doesn't. No, not even in the slightest. Uh, probably this clutch that is getting ready to hatch. Um, so that was a pastel spot nose clown to a Mojave head clown. Um, so I'm really hoping that I can hit the uh, Vistavi Spotnose Clown. Um, it's just one of those that if I hit it, it's going to be phenomenal. I mean, I got eight chances to hit it. So hopefully, uh, or ten, sorry, ten chances to hit it. Oh, that's your big clutch? You said, you said yeah. Oh, that's freaking awesome, dude. So I got yeah. ten chances to hit it. And I'm, I'm really hoping... I mean, if I hit multiple clowns, I'll be happy. But I really want that one. Uh, I'm sure you're gonna you're gonna hit a few. And I hope it's a male. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! What else? What else are you working on? Like, what? Where's? Like if you could say this is what Tatum's focus is, like what what what's your what's your focus going to be? Like, are you focusing in clowns? Are you focusing in like a certain program, um, or where are you taking this so far? Like, what's your vision so far? So right now, we're actually working with a uh, we're trying to get lavender and champagne. Um, so I actually have a clutch incubator right now that I'm trying to hit, um, champagne head labs. Um, so last year we produced a, uh, banana champagne mystic. And we noticed that the mystic pulled a lot of pattern in the side. So we're wanting to work it into recessives and, I think with the lavender, if we can get like blackhead or black pastel, something to pull the purples in a little bit more. And then I want to throw like leopard in it to try to pull a little bit more pattern, but I want the purples. That's, that's the main thing that I'm after is the really purples. So with the champagne and that one, she's like gold and purple. But Champagne's one of those genes that a lot of people don't want to mess with. It's hard to get pattern in it. And we actually hit her on accident. I, I wasn't even trying for that. And so 
I think with lavenders, it's going to make it a little bit better because I, I want to eliminate the spots. She's just now starting to get black spots on her, and I want to eliminate the spots. I mean, some bananas look good with spots, and it's like some is too much black spots, and it, it just, I don't know. But the way she looks without spots was phenomenal, so I want to try to duplicate that, but without banana. So I think doing lavender will be able to kind of do the same thing. Hopefully it'll pull a little more purple into it than that, like pinkish purple. Completely but understand that. That's a uh, that's one that I'm I'm really excited about because, like I said, oh, champagne is one of those genes that a lot of people don't really mess with, and they they they're like, you can't that's do anything funny. with it. It's hard to do and. After seeing that, I was like, well, what happens if we did this? Or what happens if we did that? And so that's that's one of our main projects that we're about to start working on. And hopefully we can get a couple of champagnes out of that one. And I don't blame you with the banana, man. Like, I, I have a female banana combo over here that as a baby. Well, I mean, she's still a baby. She's not huge, but. Every shed, she's starting to gain more and more black spots, and I was like, "Your pattern's yeah. disappearing because of these." Yeah. Like it's, oh. and yeah, it, it, it makes takes away from upset. it. Once it gets so far, it takes away from it. Yeah. So one hundred percent, I understand that. I wish there was a way to line breed them to where it wasn't a random effect. Yeah, <laughs> where you could eliminate it, but it is what it is, man. You gotta you gotta deal with what you're given. Um, what else, what else do you really want to push? Like you, you said you have 10 clutches. I assume that you're, you're kind of focusing it for the future and focusing it around certain projects. If you're willing to divulge it, of course, but, um, like, um, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I'm, there, there's a lot of stuff that we're working on that'll be coming later on down the line. Um, he but, just said, "I'm not going to say I, I, these I'm, stay a secret. These stay a secret." Yeah. Uh, <laughs> nah, that's all. I'd love to, but I can't tell you all my secrets. So how how big is your collection at this point? Uh, right now we're sitting at. 85, I think, is where we're at right now. Somewhere around there. It's not a bad number. It's not a bad number at all for... Jesus. Right. I'm sorry. Yeah, a little bit. Okay. Um, that's not a bad number at all for a starter, though. Like, you... I think it's very, very manageable. It's going to give you the opportunity to really look in and kind of focus on line breeding, which is, yeah. uh, you have the perfect mentor for that, obviously. Um, I think it's, it's going to give you the opportunity. Now, when you go and you buy, are you buying off of morph market or are you, are you buying at shows still? What's your, what's your thought process on how you buy your animals now? Um, Let's see, the last animal that I bought, I bought offline, but it was for specific genetics. Okay. Um, it, it, it really just kind of depends. Like, whenever I go to shows, I'm like, okay, 
this is what I'm looking for. And if I find it cool, but if not, you know, then I'm not interested. I've done that before. Said I wasn't going to buy anything. Came home with five animals. So it's like, okay, I can't believe I just bought this. What am I going to do with this? And then it's like, okay, well, we can do this with it or we can do that with it. And it's like, well, it'll probably work out. So I think that's. That that's the great thing about the shows and the horrible thing about the shows because man, it's hard. It's you, hard uh, walking through shows and you're like, Oh man, could you think of what we could do with that? It's like a lady walking through the mall with her husband's credit card. Yeah. That's why you're supposed to hold Impulse her hand. Buying. Impulse buying. Yeah. That's why you're supposed to hold her hand when you walk through the mall. Everybody <laughs> thinks it's romantic and it's not. It's you're trying to keep her from running off. <laughs> yeah, I see. Yeah, she knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> So, how how many kids do you have now? Two, two girls. Two? Okay. Are are the girls active with the snakes? I assume since they helped out with Earl. No, not at all. They don't want anything to do with it. They're they're at that age to where all they care about is their phone. Uh, makes sense. Yes, we literally, uh, what four. 4.30 this afternoon. Just got back from Oklahoma. We drove up to uh, Broken Bow. Spent the night up there and came back. And the whole time, that's all we wanted to do is play on the phone. I'm like, dude, look out the window. Look at look at this. Like, we're up in like Beaver's Bend Lake mm. and like beautiful everywhere. And this I'm like, dude, can't take y'all nowhere. That's when you call the service provider and be like, hey, I need you to cut service for the next 24 hours. Yeah, we're we're planning a trip to Destin, Florida in a week. Oh, man. And I think they're not going to have their phones. I think that would probably be a smart move there, Dad. Yeah. Yeah. What's... uh? So when they were younger, were they always like this since you've had snakes or... And I mean, they'll they'll mess with them from time to time, but it's they, they don't really show that that interest in it. Um, our youngest, from time to time, I'll ask her like, "Hey, you want to help me do water bowls?" Oh yeah, yeah, she'll help. The oldest, no, no, so it's all friends. This is gonna be a just you thing throughout. Well, me and my wife. My wife helps me a lot. Not everything, almost everything. Does she clean poo? Oh yeah. Huh. That's awesome. And it's never been bitten. I don't understand why. I get bit all the time. Everything. I'm telling you, dude, everything wants to bite me. It, I go to Earl's house and I got smell snakes flying out of toes at me. There's a smell. They you. keep me on my toes, you, man. You better change that uh, Old Spice deodorant or something. I don't something. Know. <laughs> so, well, if the girls do show an interest, is this something that you would want to kind of pass down to them? Or absolutely, heck yeah. And are you you're doing your own live feeders for rodents as well, right? Correct. Yeah, I uh, I breed both Norway rats and ASFs. So, 
this is my thought process and you, you can tell me what you think about it, but I, I totally did that myself. One as just for the fact that it's a lot cheaper to feed my collection at this point doing live than frozen thawed. Um, but two, I looked at it as, okay, well I can, I could separate these at some point if I scale them the right way. Right. And, uh, I'm trying to figure out ways to create, if they want it, a different um, company for each kid, right? Which is, I don't know. We'll see. Like they all love the snakes. It is actually scares me how much <laughs> they right. love the snakes. But um, not that it's a bad thing. It's uh, it's one of those. I can't lock a room now that they can't get into. So I need to know what they're doing. So if they're quiet, right. I'm running to my snake room to make sure they're not right out. Uh, <laughs> but what with your, uh, with your rats, what have you found? Um, or is there like any idiosyncrasies that you found with breeding them? Um, is there certain things that you do that you feel like gives out a higher output? perhaps or um no not really um i'll go through and every now like whenever i clean my asfs um i clean once a week for the most part um but when i clean i put uh, sunflower seeds in there from time to time i'll give them uh shredded carrots um uh, so i breed Dubias, I breed mealworms for my bearded dragons. Mealworms, man, those things stink. They stink. That's crazy watching them eat. They stink. They stink. Mine aren't that I did bad. it for a while, man. Well, I did super worms. I didn't do mealworms. Oh, okay. Super worms, but it's the same thing essentially in my mind. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. We uh what was it? Last week, my wife bought a chicken for something. And after we picked all the meat off of it, I was like, you know what? I wondered. So I took a wing and the whole wing, I took it in there. I threw it in there. An hour later, it was nothing but a bone. And I was like, holy cow. Like, that was wild. I mean, they were in the bone, eating the marrow, everything. I was like, that was crazy. <laughs> um, I don't do the bugs, man. Like, I tried it for our beardy, but I looked at my wife and I was like, you know what? At this point. Oh, I hate bugs. Yeah, I'll just spend the I'll spend the five to ten dollars a week to <laughs> right, right all of the insectivores. You know what I mean? Like it's right. Yeah, I, I I've never liked bugs. I don't I don't do spiders. I don't do none of that. Mm -mm. Nope. I'll I'll man, we'll be walking uh, through I'm a show and I'll see one. You see me scream like a little girl. <laughs> I, I mean... swear. I, I need to break that million reel, you know, it might work. <laughs> it might. Oh, man. No, the, like, I hated them, man. I I absolutely, well, I'm, hate's a strong word. I, I did not like tarantulas. I did not like oh, spiders. No, no. And my wife really <laughs> liked them, so I forced myself to get over the fear of them. <laughs> and uh, I've touched a tarantula, but that's it. I have, yeah. Like, uh, well, I, I forced myself to hold one and then my wife was like, well, I kind of want one. And I made the mistake of telling someone that. And then the next thing I knew I had six slings and an adult. And then my wife was like, well, I want this kind and I want that kind. And now 
I have a bunch of arachnids in my house. And oh no, yeah. uh, they're all in my bedroom. And yeah, oh, absolutely not. They're all in no. my bedroom. Yep. Nope. <laughs> absolutely not. Got eyes watching me all the time, man. But uh, I would literally feel like stuff was crawling on me. I, like even talking about it now, I feel like stuff's crawling on me. I, uh-uh. <laughs> you gonna take a shower right <laughs> after this? <laughs> yep. Oh man. Uh, no, like I think the supplementation's good, man. Like I, so I do. Uh, I do the vegetation that the dragon doesn't get through. So I'll buy three heads of romaine, and then I'll buy kale and uh, collard greens and stuff like that for our bearded dragon. On top of the insects and stuff that we feed him, and right. if um, whatever he doesn't get through, that all goes to the rats. Um, they get probably, well, each colony gets probably, I'm going to say about a cup worth of black oil, sunflower seeds once a week. Um, but I, I don't, and I haven't tried Earl's, so I I can't say anything about the food yet. (laughs) Like I, I used Missouri and I didn't like the output. I've used, uh, I used Missouri until I started using Earl's. Yeah. I use. I think it's Lintz, something like that. Um, they were really close. They had a supplier really close. So I went to them. And now I also use, uh, I'll also go great. through and every now and then I'll feed live millworms to my ASFs. They go crazy over this. So millworms is actually their natural food source in the wild. Hey, barking the dog on TV. I didn't know it's my that. wife's kid. Yeah. You know what? I so I think you know because I was talking to Earl when I about it right after I got her. But I got a great day, and I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna finally have my dog." Like I wanted a big dog for the longest time, so I have a manly dog. I don't have this little Chihuahua following me everywhere. And, um, no, it's the I know the feeling. Yeah. Well, she was like on my hip for the first two weeks she was here. And then the first time I had to discipline her, she's like, nope, I'm mom's. Oh, wow. I was like, oh, no, traitor. my wife's got a little Yorkie poo. That's, what That's her dog. Yeah. Dude, that dog has more clothes than I have. <laughs> it's got oh. a little carrying purse and all. Oh, yeah. He don't like it, but he's got one. And then I have a solid black German Shepherd. Nice. Yeah, and he's like a horse. Uh, that's essentially what I bought. We bought a Great Dane. Yeah, that's I, that's a I lot of dogs. Freaking, yeah, I got a steal on her, and she's a great dog. But uh, she definitely turned into the wife's dog. She doesn't leave the wife's side now. Oh, wow. Yeah. My, uh, when I was growing up, my parents' neighbor had eight great danes i was like could you imagine feeding that no i gotta feed her but she weighs she's 130 pounds right now she weighs more than my wife does wow and she eats that's a lot of dog yeah she eats seven cups of food a day i go through a 40 pound bag of food a week Mm. for this dog Mm -mm. nope but better you than me okay I love her, man. I love her. 
And like the kids, super gentle. Like I, I couldn't ask for a better dog around the kids. So right. just that alone, that's worth it because my oldest had a lot of really bad experiences with large dogs. Right. Um, he got he got bit in the face twice when he was really young, both by dogs that we brought in from family members because they're like, hey, we're moving. We can't take care of this dog. Right. Anymore. And he was really young and would get in their face or something or get them cornered. And they're like, no, get away, get away, get away. And little kids don't listen right. to the greatest. So by the time you're over there, something bad happens, you know? Right. And uh, so for the longest time, we were like, well, if we just keep them real little, ain't got to worry about that. But I was just, I was so tired of little, like her little. So it's not just a chihuahua. I'm not, I'm not talking bad on chihuahuas. It's a chihuahua beagle mix, which is even funnier because you like, you can start a howl. Yeah, don't ask me how that worked. Don't ask me how that worked. But it's a that's an interesting pair. Yeah, it, it's got that little reindeer chihuahua head, and then big old broad body going backwards. It's like a little tank with huh. a funny looking <laughs> head on it, and <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, man, <laughs> it, it'll start howling if you howl, and it won't go off because of the beagle in it. Like you can't oh, get it to stop. It's funny as hell. But um, that's hilarious. He, he runs underneath your feet all the time. I was like, I'm tired of this. Like, I can't do it. I feel like I'm going to squish your dog. Right. And, uh, so I wanted something big. But uh, yeah, man, that's just, I don't know. I'm, uh, we're animal lovers all together. So uh, like, I'm, I'm still, I'm still iffy on the invertebrates, but I've kind of taken over, taking care of those two. So I, I admire them more than I did initially. Right. Um, I think it's just working with them. Yeah, it, it. I mean, it's the same thing with people that are afraid of snakes. You know, it's it's the not knowing, and you know, with snakes, I can see their mouths. I can see what they're doing. Some spiders, you can't really see them, and I just, just that thought, just uh, now. And you've worked, you you and Ashley both have worked the uh, education shows, right? Um, we did, let's see, we did the one uh, not that long ago. I think, I don't know if Earl ever posted the video with the, the giant tortoise with my bearded dragon walking around, or on its back and the turtles walking around. It may have been something he sent me privately. I don't remember. I mean, it was a 130 pound uh, Sulcata tortoise walking around this complex with my bearded dragon sitting on its back, just looking around. There was another video clip that he had done. I was feeding both of them at the same time. I mean, it, it it's crazy seeing kids that you know. I mean, we have this event, and there's little kids that are up there holding snake the whole time, and just fascinated with it. And their parents are like. No, absolutely not. They won't even come near it. But their kids over there just having the time of its life with this snake. And it's, you know, uh, people have always been taught to fear snakes. And I I don't know. You you, you don't need to fear them. You need to respect them. Right. And that that's the main thing. And, you know, but every time I hear somebody with this the only good snake, the dead snake, I'm like, why? What is a snake doing here? It's passing through your yard. Like, it's not doing anything to you. Just leave it alone. It'll go on about its business. It's just looking for food. That's all it's doing. 100%. What, 
what was kind of like your step up into that right so like you you've had your first educational experience i remember my first one it was when i was um i was still in the army and i did my pa so i was a medic in the army and i worked for a pa and his son was in a boy scout troop and so we did an event for his boy scout troop while they were doing their derby runs for the year and um it was something for everyone that wasn't involved in the race at that time to do. Right. And we worked it into where they can earn their reptile and amphibian badge, which is really cool. It's something I enjoy That's doing cool. now because you have to give actual education to them, not just, Oh, Hey, look at the snake, hold it, stuff like that. Right. You know? Like they, they need to understand, which it makes them go back and do research, which is freaking awesome to watch little kids like glow up and like be able to tell you facts that you don't remember, or you may yep. not have known at all. Yep. Um, so it, it's really cool, man. Uh, what, as far as education, is that, is that something that you would like to pursue more? What was the greatest or like, what was the most standout moment of that first educational process for you? Um, I mean, the, the biggest thing was having people that were just like absolutely terrified of animals. And then you explain to them and the next thing you know, they're touching it. And then once you get them to touch it, you break that fear. Because for some reason, everybody thinks that snakes are slimy. I don't know why, but everybody thinks that snakes are slimy. It's like the only time they're slimy is when they first crawl out of the egg. That's it. But once you get them past that fear... And then they touch it, and they're like, oh, well, this isn't anything like what I thought it was going to feel like. And the next thing you know, they're holding it. And then within 20 minutes, they got a snake wrapped around their neck, and they're having this just grand time. And it was like, you wouldn't even be 10 foot from that snake just a few minutes ago. And it's like, now that you've learned a little bit about the animal, you understand the body language of the snake. And now it's just this coolest thing you've ever done in your life. And, I mean, that was the same thing with my wife. Whenever I first got my snake, she didn't want to come 10 foot from it. The next thing you know, she touched it, and she was holding it. And I come home one day from work, and she's in the kitchen with one wrapped around her neck, doing dishes or cooking. I don't remember what she was doing. She was doing something. And I was like, what? What are you doing? <laughs> she was like, oh, this snake is the coolest. And, I mean, after that, it just kind of, I was like, okay, that was awesome. <laughs> It's the eyes, and then, then it blows up. My eyes? No, the oh, the eyes oh I like, thought you were talking oh, about my eyes. Well, your eyes like, are pretty dreamy too. I mean, uh, they are, um, especially in the right lighting. <laughs> <laughs> it's the eyes, oh. like when when you get the kid or even an adult past the fear and get them to actually hold on to it, like. I can't explain how fast it turns into amazement and like their eyes no. just light up and I, I, I can't explain the feeling, but it's, it's kind of like that proud Papa bear moment when you get your kid to do something that you didn't think yep. they were going to do. And you're just like, Oh, yeah. I don't know. Man. Like, what is it just taking it in like that for you? Or is it, is it the actual actions of the person? Like, what do you notice first? Um, 
it's really just that that uh amazement of like like whenever somebody grabs a snake for the first time and it crawls through their hands and they're like they don't understand but like how it moves is just it's the coolest thing ever and you know just i guess i would say it would be that that look of the surprise look on people's face when they realize that it's nothing like what they've thought their entire life okay and it's like you know i i helped somebody understand that this animal is not trying to hurt them you know okay and i think um i think it's really important that we continue to do that obviously we want to grow this hobby as large as we can we want to bring like we were talking about at the beginning that that consciousness to us arc so that they can continue to fight for our hobby um and it, it's really important for us to set goals for ourselves throughout the process right so that we can remain focused like like we were talking about with the uh the shopping at a snake show right like you you do so much impulse buying at times or you'll see like a lot of people and you see them burn out so freaking fast because they impulse jump from one project to another um so i think it's really important to set goals for yourself throughout absolutely um so that being said what what's your goal or one goal you would give yourself for this year like we'll say from now until next june what is it june 11th and then within the next five years what's something you want to accomplish within the aspect or realm of reptiles um and th you you can take your time and think about this because uh i'm I'm going to be reaching back out. Just right. I'm going to hold you to uh, what I'm saying. I don't know. I, I'd have to, I'd have to think on that one. You're going to need a rain check up. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's just so many things that I could think of that just, I don't. It's okay, Kyle. I, I won't yeah, put you on the spot for that. We'll talk about yeah, it. That, that's a tough one. I'm trying to get better, man. I'm, I'm yeah. trying to make people really think. What has been your favorite creation that you've made so far? Besides your kids, because obviously that's like number one and number two. But um, as far as reptiles. As far as reptiles, my favorite creation. Uh, I'm, I'm probably going to say the... Uh, champagne banana uh mystic uh, that one it whenever i cut that egg i mean it was one of those that i literally stood back and like wait all right we just have to wait on that one then it crawled out of the egg and it was like i mean she was gold like gold and purple and she ended up getting the nickname the golden child and they just kind of stuck so yes where where did um, you kind of get your concept for what you're doing or like how, how you're approaching the aspect of business with it? Like what was the, what's your thought process behind your logo and 
it's kind of like more of a business demeanor. And I, I know I said earlier that too many people focus on that, but I think it, it, not so much the money that I'm focused on, right? This, but like moreover, like what's your what's your why, and why did you choose to set things up the way that you have? Um, Kyle's like, I'm never coming on this dude's podcast again. So as far as like the logo goes, it took a while for me to figure out kind of what I wanted. And we had looked up a few different names. Um, and that one of the very first ones was, I, I was just goofing off one day and was like, dude, reptiles anonymous because it's, it's addicting. And I was like, dude, that's like perfect. So I was like going through and looking at like if the name was used for anything or I had already had a logo kind of it. It was kind of like in rough draft, I guess you could say, because I was kind of drawing kind of like what I was imagining. And I found out that somebody else had already used the name. And then the logo that I was thinking of was almost like morph mixologies but a little different and i was like i can't use that either so i was like you know what i'm tired of it we'll just do tatum's exotic reptiles we'll do ter and then uh my boss's sister does graphic design work and stuff like that so i said all right well this is kind of what i'm looking at can you do something i want this i want a snake incorporated in it and it was just T with the snake in the middle, and which made an E and then the R. And then I recently added the scales because I it just seemed I like the scale to give it more. And I, I was like, "Can you do scales?" And she was like, "Yeah." So she sent me like fifteen different pictures, different scales, different colors. Man, I got this in pink, purple, red, blue, and I was like, "Okay, I, I sure," but. The orange was what stuck. Um, orange has always been my favorite color. Um, and just the black behind it really makes it stand out. It's not safety orange like Earl's, but it's close. It's close. It's close. I like how she made the E almost yeah, almost like the Gadsden snake. I think yeah. that's what stuck, stuck out to me the most. And it's funny because talking. a lot of people, they look at it and like they'll come up to me and was like, well, what's T and R? I was like, that's an E. Or so, <laughs> I've had so many people say erotic. And I'm like, what? Like, I, it's a Tatum, snake and it scales. Tatum's erotic. So, I don't know, man. I, or Tatum's erotic reptile. <laughs> I guess. I mean, I guess it could be. I mean, they're, they're at times. <laughs> horrible <laughs> you're gonna be in trouble after this sir. <laughs> I, she's talking about the jelly videos now oh wow. i don't know what she's talking about i'm gonna hear it locally we're gonna have to we're gonna have to like set up a screen at earl's house with like all the different videos <laughs> all this stuff I, i'm just hoping like when that time comes my wife's in the front and i'm just gonna like slowly walk out the front <laughs> right right be like i'll see you back at the venue 
I mean, there's there's so many videos that I've caught over there. Just me and Earl doing stupid stuff. That's just it's stuff that we can't use for anything. So it's like we'll find something to do with it. Well, that's that's part of it, man. That's I think that's what makes you guys click so well together. Is you're always having fun. You find a way. We're both we're both to have big fun. kids. I mean, it, if you talk to Ren, she'll tell you. Like me and him, we both act a lot alike. Is we're never serious about anything. Well, except his tubs. Don't touch his tubs. Don't touch his tubs. I, I, I learned that the hard way. I learned that the hard don't. Way. Man, I've seen him come unglued on people about touching tubs, <laughs> and I'm just like, "Well, can I touch your tub?" <laughs> <laughs> I'll go over there, and there'll be people talking. I'm walking behind him. So like, what are you doing over there? I'm shopping. Leave me alone. <laughs> I'll send a picture to my wife. <laughs> he just started laughing. Oh, that's good stuff. What? What's the one thing? This is kind of like the wrap up on it. What's the one thing that you would really, really want to push out to everyone? One in the industry, but also the beginners coming in like we we kind of followed it with like husbandry and stuff like that but if there if there was a thought process from tonight or with what's going on something that you've learned what's one thing that you would really want to hammer home to everybody in the industry right now um as far as new people coming in um the best advice I could find would be to find a mentor that can help you. Don't buy just for the looks of animals. You need to really sit down and think about what you're in. I'm guilty of doing it, but going through, right, going through and having a plan when you go through and you're looking at animals, you're shopping for animals, you need to know what you're looking at. When you're breeding, you need to be breeding for five years out, not for today. And that's that's one of those things, you know, and Earl's pushed me a lot with this. Well, why are you doing this? Well, why are you doing that? And it's not so much to, I guess, get on me for doing it. It's, okay, well, what's your thought process behind doing this? You know, if you had this, you should have done it this way. I was like, oh, okay. You know, and we both do that a lot with each other is, He'll do something or he'll be talking about a pairing and he's like, well, hey, if you had this, what would you do? And it's to kind of see what my thought process is behind it. And I'm like, OK, well, if I had this, why not do something like this? And then he was like, well, why would you do that? And then next thing you know, he's like, well, let me think about that. And I mean, we've both changed pairings this year just from discussing. So it's like we're kind of. We're working together on certain things, and that that's something that having a good mentor is about. And I cannot say thank you enough to both him and Ren for the amount of support that they've given me and my wife throughout all this. I couldn't ask for a better mentor, um, but the main thing is just make sure that you're not just impulse buying just for the look of an animal, especially if you're trying to get into breeding. 
Because all it's going to do is bite you in the butt because you're not going to be able to go anywhere with it. I like that. What about the experienced people? How do you how do you want them to, or what would you leave tonight with? Mm. It's like, man, asking hard questions tonight. It's been a long day. It's what you get for not watching my shit. No. <laughs> right? I'm going to have to start trying more. Just play. Uh, you do you. And I say this oh. like I'm I'm not saying this just to be like whatever. I'm I say this because it's something that me and Earl regularly talk about and he says a lot and it's what what you've brought in might help somebody or make somebody that has 20 plus years even in this industry think about something in a new way. So if yeah. if there was a nugget of information as my wife likes to put it. Um, what would you want to say to people that have experience versus those of us like you and me that have only a couple of years? Um, dun, 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 dun. Uh, well, let's see. Um, that's that's a tough one. Um, I feel good about you that. You kind of you put me on the spot. I am. That, that was a really good so, one. I'm not. So here, here's my thing. Is like we used to. Uh... <laughs> Don't cook bacon naked. Yo. <laughs> don't, yeah, um, don't. Don't do that. Uh, <laughs> my, my big thing is we we always look at husbandry, right? And we you have those people that do like the weekly water changes and this and that, or weekly changing of substrate. And I know people that say that they change like when they go into coconut husk. They, ch they do a deep clean on their coconut husk like once a month, which is, I don't know how you do that because that coconut's soaking up piss for a month. Right. But like, even when I did coconut, I do, I do a weekly deep clean regardless. I do spot cleanings daily. Um, my waters I try to do at a minimum every other day now, which is, right. there's some days where I don't get to it, but I'll get like halfway through. You know, right. uh, I make the effort at least. I don't like still water, especially after talking with Tom. Like after I got off my podcast with Tom Barnhart, we talked about how bacteria grows on still water. Right. And uh, after talking about that, I was like, uh, two days, two days max. Like if it's in there longer right. than two days, I'm messing up. But um, it's just it's things like that that I worry about and. I like to bring foresight to. So it was just like, if you had one aspect that you really would like to see the industry as a whole be better about, what would that be? 
I guess that's the easier thing to say than just be like, Hey, if you could tell an experienced person, something like the industry as a whole, as a whole, if you could make one thing better about it, what would it be? Um, Hey, there you go again. It's the same thing. I could tell you another one information. Earl says it all the time. There's so many people that just don't want to talk. Right. And there's going to be a, um, a I lot mean, of knowledge loss. Yeah. And like whenever you go to shows like the bigger breeders that don't want to talk to people, but the little guys, you know, and just because we're new doesn't mean we don't know what we're talking about. You know, we might not have the experience that they have, but a lot of bigger breeders like Earl will say this. He's got a one-track mind. This is what he's focusing on. It's always good to have somebody else kind of look at it in a different aspect to open your eyes to see something different. Like, the way he's going with his collection is different than mine, but whenever I'm thinking of a project, I'm not going the same way as him. And, you know, so like, like I said earlier, you know, there's a lot of stuff that we'll discuss as far as projects goes. Like, well, what would you do if you had this? And that's what I would say would, you know, be open to help from somebody else. Just have an open mind. You know, it's not always just this direction. There's not one right way to do anything. I like it. That, that was a well way to be politically correct there. Good job. Yeah. Kyle. No hate mail for you this week. No, I'm just kidding. I'll probably get some just for my questions asked, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so if we want, if we want to buy a snake from Kyle, if we want to check out what you're doing, if we want to help you reach your own one million view reel, how do we get a hold of you? Uh, Tatum's dot exotic dot reptiles on Instagram. Uh, Tatum's got a reptiles on YouTube. We're also on Facebook. I don't get on Facebook very much, but I'm on there. Um, the easiest way to reach me would be on Instagram. Um, YouTube, I've been slacking a lot. I'm always so busy. I never have time to shoot videos. You shoot videos constantly. You just need to. I shoot videos for somebody else. Something big. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Um, morph market are you using a morph uh, market? i am on morph market and it's just do you is it pulled up so this is one of the things i've noticed and i love john and i'm not trying to shit on him if you don't spell it correct or you don't put it exactly the way that right the owner did it you don't find it so how do they find you on morph market it's same thing tatum's have got a grip pause, but it's t-a-t-o-m not u-m Common misspell. I always spell it with you. Okay. And is there is there the possibility of a website coming up, or is that in the uh, hopefully soon? Okay. Nice. I like it. I like it. Y'all give some love to Kyle. Uh, if nothing else, go support his wife's shopping habits. Uh, she needs to be taken care of. You know, uh, I need to take care of yeah. my wife after this because yeah. she probably just heard all of this and I'm going to be in trouble too. So, <laughs> doghouse tonight. Yeah. Um, right. 
But seriously, y'all give him some love. Make sure you, you're going and you're supporting him. And uh, we're going to get bounce out because it's family time. Family time. Have a great weekend. I've had enough of that this weekend. <laughs> Mine's just starting. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> All right, brother. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. All right. It. Thanks for having me on. Weekend. Absolutely.